is Behind the Exploratory Lenses, episode number 14. Hope you guys are doing quite well, using your head, being mindful on what is Indy 500 week. Yes, indeed, the 104th Indianapolis 500 is this Sunday. I might discuss about it on the next episode, but we got some businesses to take care of. So let's talk about music because I forgot to talk about the new number one, which is now the old number one. I'll explain why in just a second, but also discuss about my trip to Cleveland and why certain instances like going away in this time period in the year 2020 had done me well, whether or not I want to admit it, I needed it or not. But let's talk about music. Watermelon Sugar by Harry Styles was number one a week ago, but due to the fact that I had Holly Holland on in the episode and also the Armani Williams clip, I kind of forgot to mention that after I was done recording, but hey, when it's hot potato like the Billboard Hot 100 can be this year, you have time to reflect and ponder upon it. So when I heard Watermelon Sugar by Harry Styles, I was thinking to myself, okay, I'll give it a go. He's a bearable artist to say the least, I'll give it a listen. I thought it was an okay song, it's pretty passable, it's not the best number one song. It's going to be very, like I said, it's going to be very hard to top. Blinding Lights by The Weeknd, the only five-star song of the last decade plus, in my opinion. And yes, in case you're wondering, I mentioned it many episodes ago, which you can listen on through SoundCloud, Spotify, Google, Apple, and iHeartRadio. There's the plugs out of the way. I mentioned in the 90s, there probably could be a couple five-stars, and way before then, there's going to be a dozens of five-stars. But when it comes to the past decade, especially after 2009, only one has been five-star in my book, and that was indeed Blinding Lights. So where does Harry Styles' song land? I give it a 3.25 out of 5, and it's better than the one with Ariana and Justin Bieber, but it's nowhere near to the same magnitude of, you know, Blinding Lights. Also, there was Taylor Swift's card again. I could not get into it. I could not, could not, could not. It was an average song. Watermelon Sugar, it's, you can listen to it just fine. I had a little bit of a hard time at first getting into it, but then after a while I said, you know, this song is okay. Then is the new number one, the most highly controversial music video of all time. I don't know how and why it's considered a highly mu- controversial music video of all time. Everybody's talking about it. They're complaining. With reason, of course. But when it comes to the entertainment value, hey, you got to enjoy it for what it's worth. If you're not one of those that see it from an entertainment value, more power to you. I get your viewpoint. I understand why a music video like WAP, W-A-P, by Megan Thee Stallion and Cardi B. Primarily it's Cardi B, then featuring Megan Thee Stallion, but that's how I just said it. Which, yes, it's a catchy song. It's going to be probably memorable for the video. But the song is memorable as well. Is I don't know how would I describe it. In that time period we live in. Most of us still quarantined. Most of us using their head. Others are not using their head. Or just frustrated with the year in general. You got to find something to complain about. This is nothing new people. Everybody, music videos have been complained about. Especially stuff like sexual and provocative. Like that video. All the way back to the 1980s when he had Me So Horning by 2 Live Crew. And I did saw Full Metal Jacket in its entirety. Definitely the pile portion of the movie. 
is, is some good development. It's great character development. It's just to see the downfall pile and also how the system works. The set, and then the rest of the movie, the rest, uh, the rest of the hour of the film left, it was about Vietnam and just all the stuff that goes through it. I saw a video before. I saw a video many months ago on YouTube. I know I'm going off topic a bit, but you got me talking about me so horny, so I had to talk about Full Metal Jacket. Then I saw the whole movie in its entirety last night as I'm recording this. I said to myself, "This movie is actually well done." Yes, the first half is more memorable than the second, but it also sets the stage of Joker's character development as it unfolded. It was all about pile in the first half, the second half was mostly, in my eye, definitely on Joker. Kind of like how his character, how he started to fall apart, where he was this peacemaker, and then all of a sudden he got no choice to, hit, to just end the, the woman at the very end of the movie. And then at the very ending, for whatever reason, they all sank Mickey Mouse, but... This, I'm not trying to get well into it or thinking it way too much, but it's a well-done movie. So, yeah. I find it interesting how it was Pyle's demise and then the Miso Horny clip that obviously too like Root Bear. But that's besides the point. This thing has been this has been a thing for a while. You've had songs about sex and all of that number one. Look no for the Akon and Snoop Dogg. They had a number one song that glorified sex. I could have swore Enrique had a number one about that as well but with them when you have a song extremely sexual when you have a music video extremely sexual as well it's going to be memorable and in this time and age where most of the songs are garbage this one just stands out for that reason sure sex sells music video gets it's going to be one of the more memorable ones of all time then when you listen to the excellent version for whatever reason the edited it was inconsistent the music video was inconsistent it was edited and some parts were unedited and then when I had to listen to the full song uncensored and dirty and all of that it sounded much better now I can get I understand what the hell's going on with the song the video tells you enough when you listen to the excellent record it gets you the full pain detail that being said I said it's sketchy it's not really extremely repetitive, so the subject matter has been beating down the bush a lot, figuratively, not the literal, you know what. As I mentioned in this episode, it is unedited, uncensored, so yeah. And for those wondering what the hell would I give this song a 4 out of 5, it's because due to the fact is you put two things together the video, and the music itself, the lyrics, in a time period where it's very repetitive. When you have a catchy song that it doesn't feel so repetitive, sure, what I'll, I'll admit, when it comes to Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion, I don't go out of my way listening to those records. I don't. I still stick with my metal and independent routes. Which, I had this interesting discussion where, that led to an argument with my brother, go figure when it comes to anything, we live in a time period that music, the big popular artists are having a hard time selling. Sure, streams are the way to go now, but when it comes to the the traditional ways, albums, sales, and all of that, it makes you wonder why they're struggling. Because, like, there's so many out there that are, like, the big deal, but their sales have not shown it. Sure, they have their one hit, they can stream it, and then they come and go. We're nowhere near the time period of back in the 1990s when it was CDs selling like hotcakes. Like when you have country artists like Garth Brooks and Shania Twain selling diamond records. When you have double 
two disc albums by technicality considered diamond albums like Tupac and Outkast. We're nowhere near that time period anymore. When you guys have, when you have like Billie Eilish and Casey Musgraves is one of the bigger female artists of all time. Well, not all time, of right now, excuse me. They're nowhere near selling like what I was expecting or thinking of. It's like, we're in a different time period of music. Even the ones that's like Drake, Adele, and Katy Perry, they, they, I, from what I understood, they struggle sales-wise. I don't know if I fully necessarily buy because considering I'm the one that digs into the music stuff more than my brother does. But that's besides the point. We live in that weird time period. Right now, it's Megan Thee Stallion, The Weeknd. And, yeah, this is Cardi's return record in my eye because she was the th she was the hot thing. She was the hot shit of 2018. 19, 2019, she was MIA. This year with WAP, that's how I'm going to refer it, instead of WAP. Or, because there's a song about six years ago it's called WAP with an O. So when I say WAP or WAP, it's weird. So it's WAP. I'll leave you guys to figure it out if you haven't listened to the record what that stands for. It's very explicit. And it involves moist. Let's just leave it with that. We'll just, it says involves moist. But yeah. It gets a pass. Again, nowhere near Blinding Lights as far as the best record of 2020. But it is a memorable song to say the least. More memorable than Cardigan by a Country Mile. And probably is going to end up as memorable, way more memorable than Watermelon Sugar. So fortunately in that regard, the number one songs have been better. Unlike the box, after listening into it months later and throughout my trip to Clay Ellum, it still does not, it got us, if I remember, I got a slight, I slightly bumped the rating, and then the other song by it with Say So, like Doja Cat, Nicki Minaj, I dropped it down a bit, because over time it's like, hey, it's not as good or memorable as I made it out initially. I'm not going to change my mind on Trolls, though, that is the worst song of the year, and it tanks so badly that it's probably the worst number one song of all time from a commercial standpoint and longevity. Because, of course, back in the day, it was the Harlem Shake, how horribly it tanked after it hit number one. Not one hit. Well, Trolls was even worse. Speaking of Cleellum, let's talk about Cleellum, shall we? So, I was going, so, a couple weeks ago, I went to Cleellum. I personally say, say it as a getaway trip. But it was mostly a friend's bachelor party, who they got who got recently married last Saturday, so congratulations to those guys. I'm going to keep the names this close in this regard, and certain such as behind closed doors, because as, one, as CZ Ward once said in a concert that I went back in February, what happens in the show stays within the show, and I want to keep it that. What happens in the party stays within the party. So I'm going to just say it from a personal retrospective, and how, uh, from my end, not the overall gist of the story, just for because sometimes Stuff doesn't need to be told like bachelor parties in my eye. But it was definitely it was definitely a vibe. It was great seeing those folks. Some of them I haven't seen in a real long time. One in particular I haven't seen in a decade. But it was great hanging out at a cabin to have our dude bro moments. Because sometimes I'll, I'll openly admit I don't have many guy friends per se. Especially from high school that I said, okay, I, those are my homeboys and all of that. Those are basically are my homeboys, a couple of them in particular. So it was great catching up. Obviously there wasn't drinking involved. But then I realized after a while, I was like, 
I don't know if it has anything to do with the drinking or due to the fact I haven't done that much activity in a real long time, especially from my mundane weekday job after that chapter closed for the time being. To where I could not walk, I could barely walk, and then at the, at the end of the final night, I, I had to lay down, I could barely get up. Fortunately, after sleeping it off with plenty of water, there was a lot of water drinking because I am very mindful when it comes to the drinking game. If I'm completely dozed out a bit where I'm like, I've reached my limit, then fine, I have to, I've reached my limit. Honestly, there's no true shame with that, I just have to know when to not step the boundary stores you know after you drink way too much you go find a restroom and blah 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 but my body was completely destroyed completely destroyed from a, where my legs were completely sore I could barely walk to begin with and I think that has a lot to do with the fact that I hadn't done that much physical activity where there is like walking around or much less on the, going to the beach on the lake where I, we, I played football, or even a little bit of football was mostly the officiating because there was nine of us, so four on four, I was like, okay, I'll fine, I'll be the ref, I don't mind it at all. I played a little bit, then I had to go to the bathroom, I had to basically run. I wore, I know it's goofy to an extent, I wore my mask the entire time, the only time I took it off was obviously eating, drinking, and of course a group photo. I figured, it's just a group photo, I'll just take it off. But boy, did I tell you what, when, when playing football or even running to check, to grab uh, <laughs> a floatable item, I, here was this, I told you this a little bit. I, I mentioned this in a couple episodes ago. When I, when I was running, I had to catch my breath because I was wearing shoes. I don't know, because here's a little side story. I am very mindful when it comes to the beach. Like I do not want to get like toe fungus again because I did have toe nail fun toe fungus within my nail. I did not cure it for eleven years because I for whatever reason in two thousand three in Mexico, my right toenail, the big one, you know, the right the big toe, it keeped it it like swelled up and it keeped like like a little tent. It felt like a tent. It was pretty bad. It didn't affect my foot. I did not know what was going on until many, many years. I decided to wait after high school to finally decide, you know, I'm just going to cure this fungi. I found out it was a fungus that I had for 11 years. It took me about many, many months, a lot of trimming, a lot of prescriptions and trimming to get it down to flat level again. And since about 2014 or so, I finally, finally have my toenail fixed. It's all cured. But since then, I've been extremely mindful, and I know it's downright ridiculously and corny, to wear shoes at all times, or socks, so I don't get affected again. So that being said, I was I did a lot of lake activities with my shoes on, with the exception of doing an initiative where... Well, one of my one of my closest friends that I've had in my entire life told me to pick a side or who I think is going to win. If that if I pick the if the pick I made loses the football, we're going to have to go straight to the lake. I was like, oh fine, I'll go straight to the lake. We lost one of them. The other ones we my picks won. I decided to take my shoes off. I forget. Did I took my shoes off? It's been, it's been a couple of weeks and already I'm trying to figure out if I had my shoes on. No, I took my shoes off. I took I kept my socks on, but I took my shoes off. 
So I walked down there. It was it was like, oh, great. It's going to be very cold. There's a lot of people out there. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, well, as soon as I dipped into the water, it's was like, oh, it's not that bad. Not that bad at all. I took a walk. It's like, you have to be in it. I'm not going to go myself fully wet. I'll be in I had to take a shower. I, I know I have to take a shower again because being surrounded by hundreds of people in a lake... In this time period, in 2020, that's why being so close with the other eight folks that were there for this bachelor party. And it's like, oh, it's not that bad. And then, boom, my hat fell off into the water and it got completely drenched. Just my luck sometimes, I tell you what. It just felt that way. So then I got out. I had to put the hat in the truck, let it dry, and then went back to my own business. But then, for whatever reason, somebody lost their... Floatable, floatable item, the little, the little donut thing, you know what I'm talking about. So when it, and then I saw it, it was rolling and rolling way past this. I was like, then I was on, I was told like go chase where it's like, well actually no, I, I say if I recall, I saw it and I was like, all right, I'm chasing for it. I think it was both factors. Somebody told me, one of them told me, and I said, all right, I'll do it. I was running, I ran like if it was a track and field me. And then I was like, they were all sharing and blah, 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 saying my name, blah, and so on and so forth. And then I, then somebody said, go, go. Somebody's behind us, like, then I turned around, I was like, what the fuck? And then well, after saying that, the, the one chasing me, who played basketball, he's he's an, he, he was a high school athlete and all of that. He fell down to the ground out of, out of his, out of comedic, he laughs like, it caught him by surprise, it caught me by surprise, like, Oh shoot! And I was like, "Oh shit! I gotta go run like a like he's a he's a defender, and I'm trying to go to the end zone." And and then I realized I turned around and said, "What the fuck?" And then boom, he he fell on the ground. And it was like, "Oh well, I did not I did not knew this was a race." I thought it was like, "Okay, I'll go grab it, find it's the honest deed I can do." But then I realized somebody was. Then one of them was chasing me down. It's like, "Oh shit! I gotta go faster." It's like, "Fine, I'll make it a race." And then. He he found it very funny that he just fell down and he lost the battle. I won. I handed it back. It was some Hispanic shit because it was a mom, so nothing to it. But it's like good deeds like that for a change. Because usually, oh, and then there was another instance where there was a good deed involved where me and a crew decided to push those vans for whatever reason. Some people bring the vans, but they get beached. That's, that's how the racing call I remember back in, what was it, the 08 Chinese Grand Prix where Lewis Hamilton beached it. He got stuck in the ground, but I refer to it as beached it because Bob Barsh and the speed telecast said it. He, oh, he beached it. No, it was not 08, 07. It was his rookie year. That's what, caught, that's what ultimately cost him winning the world championship as a rookie. Speaking of Lewis Hamilton, he won the Spanish Grand Prix in convincing fashion. Looks like we can probably say title number seven is in the works. And with the unknown as far as if there's going to be any more F1 races after the San Marino race, the Emilio Regalia Grand Prix in October, they still want to have more races in November and December. So we'll see how that goes. But we could probably be talking about Hamilton maybe being a step closer to winning the championship by the time we get to Imola in about a couple months or so. Maybe a little bit earlier. We'll see. But man... That's probably why, along with the drinks, I refuse to drink Bud Light, albeit when I went to those Without a Cause shows twice, I said Budweiser, and I'm getting Bud Light, I was like, oh, fine, whatever, a beer is a beer, you had a drink, and you know, fine. 
I refuse to drink Bud Light. I refuse. I cannot stand it. I'm I'm a Budweiser guy, not a Bud Light guy. You gotta go for the for the big the big bad pajama. I rather choose Bush beer and natural light over those. Past Blue Ribbon is another one I never had along with Bush, but that's a different story. Another another time how I feel about certain beverages, but I'm mindful of my my alcohol consumptions for sure. But yeah. Along with that, and then running around in, in the lake for a couple hours, I was spent. But then Sunday morning when we had to leave, I was fine. I was like, I felt perfect, and like everything was great. It's probably what I needed—a little bit more rest, and also just more water. And I did have more water. But nonetheless, my biggest takeaway was great to hang out with the homeboys for the first time in. Ages. I the last time I hung out with the homeboys, for a couple of them was way back in 2018. It was the basketball crew from over the years. That's a couple bars and restaurants we went. I only had a couple like the 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 main guy of the bachelor party, the best, the now husband, the one the they got married was the designated driver. I was on the side, and then the other two guys that were I'm pretty tight with. We're completely out of it for sure. So it was a time period. And as far as overall, how my biggest takeaway being in that vegetable part, it was just great. Just the reflect, discuss, shoot through the bird, bullshit around. Just discuss about whatever. I did tell a couple stories that I don't know if I'll discuss in this program. Like I said, what, what happened down there stays down there. As far as especially some of my stories. But yeah, it was great. It was much needed. Therapeutic. It was a very therapeutic weekend for me, for myself, for sure. To get away from it all, get away from the madness, like writing about IndyCar and NASCAR and all of that, I needed to step away. Step away completely. I'll be it when I was at the lake. That's where I found out that Mid-Ohio was postponed. It was like, well, I'm at the lake. I said I'm not writing anything for the weekend. Just leave it up to you guys. But, man, it was very reflective, and I'm very glad I went. I really did. Play some golf. Oh, yeah. Go- Here's my golf game. Shit in the open. Pretty competent at the end. And when you're trying to do a, le- a sharp left turn, it depends on your skill. You're either going to drift or you're going to completely spin it. I completely spun it. So, uh, And I drive like a grandma. Like So, Max Verstappen. Will not be pleased about my driving style. That I drive a bit of a grandma. But we'll, but time will tell. I'll pick up the pace. As far as my driving is concerned. If I eventually get to that driving aspect. But overall. Biggest reflection. It was very therapeutic. As I mentioned it multiple times. I was completely burnt out about writing. Talking about racing to the point. I said you know what. I'm not going to really discuss about it. for Unless I have guests on. That are involved in the racing realm. Sure, I'll mention who won this. I'll briefly talk about the Indianapolis 500. It's like, I'll say it right now. Marco Andretti will be your pulsator for the first time since 1987. And Andretti will lead the field to the green flag for the greatest spectacle in racing. Marco has been quick. He's no longer a dark horse. He's probably my pick to win the Indianapolis 500. But if there's a couple dark horses that I'm going to consider, I'll say Alex Palou... And I openly want to say, don't don't fret on Scott Dixon. Do not fret on Scott Dixon. I say he may be the true favorite, Scott Dixon. And then Marco Andretti's behind. And then the Dark Horse is Alex Ballou. 
the ones I feel like are going to be long shots that could probably get there is like Elio Castroneves and Fernando Alonso. The Peskies have struggled. I don't see Will Power, Simon Pagino, maybe Joseph Newgarden. Ugh, that's a mouthful. Maybe Joseph Newgarden will fight for that 500, but they're long shots in my book. The one who could use a great run is Alexander Rossi. You can never count him out when it comes to any Indianapolis 500. I think he has a fair shot, but you got to get through Dixon and Andretti, period. No questions asked. And if Marco does pull it off, it's going to be a huge deal. In a year that's been nothing but pessimism and negative, we could use a good uplifting sword with an Andretti winning the 500 for the first time since Mario in 1969. Of course, Michael has won it five times as an owner, so a win by Marco will be his sixth. But time will tell, because the Indianapolis 500 is an ultimate unknown. You can never, you can have certain picks, but you never know how that race is going to unfold. As far as from a riding perspective, I'll probably focus on it. But my main focus is the Dober doubleheader, because sure, I don't know why you match them up at roughly the same time. Nobody's really going to follow the cup race at Dober. The Sunday portion, at least. I'll give it a go, because considering I'm at the house, that's all I'm going to say about that. It could use some coverage, to say the least. But other than that, as I mentioned, I'll discuss it briefly, but as far as me and the overall emphasis, it's pretty much dead in the water for the time being, as long as I... When it comes to me telling you this kind of stuff. But yeah, it was useful. I needed it. It was great to be outside... Hanging out with folks for the first time since back in February when I went to the ZZ Ward's concert and Seattle Dragons game. I have not socialized. I haven't. You really much cannot mess the pot up on that one. Stir the pot. Because if you do and not use your head, then it could lead to what's going on right now. I'm extremely critical, finicky when it comes to that. That's why I pretty much wore the whole mask. In a respectable way because... I it's just forced to have it, especially in that weekday job. You gotta wear it at all times. So I got used to it. It's like, fine, I'll wear it. I'll, I got no other choice except when I eat or drink then. Or that group photo, I'll take it off. That'd be my exceptions. It's uncomfortable at times, but hey, this is 2020, ladies and gentlemen. But I'm, I was, it was a very flattering time. I, it was great. It gave me more momentum and more confidence towards myself and also just feel more alive again. And when I shot those photos at Evergreen, as I discussed in the last episode, it was very therapeutic as well. It was my sanctuary. If that is going to be it for 2020, then I got no regrets in that aspect. I'm hoping to do a couple more, but we'll see about that. As far as whether I'm just going to be cooped up in a press box, or I can finally do the double, which is writing and photography. Except if I were to do photography, that's going to be my main priority. And that being said, I hope you enjoyed this retrospective of my trip to Cleello, and also discussing about music for a bit. As I mentioned, the Indianapolis 500 is this Sunday. I will briefly discuss about it. And also, if you want to listen to the other episodes, like the one I have with Holly Holland, Frisky Nixon, Emerson Arden, Brandon Crossland, Frisky Nixon. I already said Frisky Nixon twice because I had a two-parter episode with him. <laughs> Balto Racing is the one I was going to say. And hopefully in the foreseeable future, we have more guests, to say the least. But for now, the best way to find me when it comes to Facebook is behind the exploratory lenses. Make sure you type it and give it a go. That's where I'll post all the episodes, who I'm going to have on, and the subjects that I'm going to talk about. 
in advance. Also, Instagram, Luis D. Torres 94, L U I S D, as in David, T O R R E S 94, Twitter at the LT Files, and of course, my website, Luis Torres Multimedia, www.luisdtorres.com. Board Sports Tribune is the outlet I write for. You're, you're going to see a lot of Indy 500 content between me and my editor in chief, Joey Barnes, who will be at Indianapolis. And I definitely wish you nothing but the best of luck going there to have another 500 under this spell. And as far as, once again, where you can listen to this, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google, Apple, and iHeartRadio. Until we meet again, hope you guys have a safe, mindful, and and if you have time to reflect and refresh, do so. Like I've done over the past couple of weeks that has been very beneficial to kind of make 2020 something worthwhile and more reflective than I would have imagined. In the meantime, catch you guys later.